Thank you for joining Marianne and the Professor. Uh, this morning, I am joined by Dr. William Mackis, who is an Alberta physician. Um, Dr. Mackis, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this morning. Thank you. So Dr. Mackis, bring us up to speed on who you are as a physician, what's your specialty, and just a little bit about you. Certainly. Um, I obtained my medical degree um, at McGill University. Uh, prior to that, um, I had a bachelor degree in uh, immunology so at the University of Toronto. So I spent four years studying immunology at University of Toronto, um, obtained my medical degree at McGill in, um, in Montreal, and I did my medical specialty in uh, nuclear medicine, radiology, and oncology. Uh, also at McGill University. Uh, at the time, McGill University was considered the best and strongest uh, medical school in Canada. Um, and I've been practicing, um, you know, as a nuclear medicine physician since then. I was the director of the nuclear medicine program um, at the Brandon Regional Health Center in Manitoba for three years. Um, and then I moved to Edmonton, Alberta to take over a large uh, cancer treatment program um, that um, was being conducted at the Cross Cancer Institute in Edmonton, where we treated uh, end-stage cancer patients, neuroendocrine cancer patients uh, with cutting-edge cancer treatments, uh, medical isotope treatments that were developed uh, in Europe, and that have a very high um, response rate and cure rate for end-stage cancer patients. Um, so I took over this large cancer program in 2013, we grew this program. It became the largest program of its kind in North America. Uh, we were the referral center uh, for all of Canada. I had patients sent to me from all over Canada, patients that had no other uh, treatment options, uh, stage four and stage cancer patients. Um, and we saved about 85% of these patients. Uh, we either halted their cancer um, progression or we uh, eliminated their their cancer completely and so I directed uh, this program for approximately two years. Okay so let's jump into today. Um, currently you are quite famous for being very outspoken on physician deaths in Canada and from what I understand Canada is the only country that uh, is making a noise about the epic number of, of physician deaths. But tell me, tell me what transpired that something drew your attention to this issue. Yeah, this issue came up uh, last year, actually. Um, in late last year, there were two physicians who had um, died suddenly in their sleep very shortly after their booster shot. And fortunately, uh, first of them was actually heavily publicized in the media. This was Dr. Sohrab Luchmediol, 52-year-old cardiologist from New Brunswick, um, who, had, uh, who was very active on Twitter. Um, he was very pro-vaccine, and he was very um, vocal uh, about being angry at people who refused to get vaccinated or people who were discouraging others from getting vaccinated. And so he made a number of posts that, you know, were quite viral, uh, where he talked about wanting to punch unvaccinated people in the face, uh, saying things that like, you know, if they die, he wouldn't cry at their funeral. Um, and so he was quite known uh, on Twitter uh, for his vaccine activism. He was one of the first uh, doctors in Canada to go get his booster shot. 
he got his uh, first booster shot on October 24th, um, 2021. And um, I remember he posted about it on, on Facebook and people were asking him, how did you get your hands on the booster shot? It hadn't been rolled out yet. So other healthcare workers were asking, how did you get, how did you get your hands on the booster shot? Uh, and he said, you know, the booster shot went great, two thumbs up. And two weeks later, he died in his sleep. He had no prior um, health conditions that anyone knew of. Um, and he, he really looked, you know, very healthy, very, you know, strong, you know, young looking person died in his sleep. Now, the mainstream media published this, uh, but didn't talk about his vaccine status and didn't talk about the fact that just two weeks prior, he had taken his booster shot. And then two weeks later, he died in his sleep. So that was the first death that really caught my attention. Um, and then I thought, okay, something is really wrong here. Uh, doc, you know, people don't just die in their sleep, you know, and it's, it's a young doctor, right? A cardiologist on top of that. We already knew that there were athletes that were having cardiac issues uh, post-vaccination. There were athletes that, you know, had already been collapsing on, you know, soccer fields, on, uh, you know, in, in the hockey arenas, um, you know, in rugby, um, you know, there was a cricket star that that had died um, as well, a famous cricket player. So uh, we already knew this was an issue, um, but really it was the second death that really uh, spurred me on to, to start talking about this. The second death was a 48-year-old family physician in Toronto, Dr. Neil Singh Dalla. And he took a booster shot and uh, three days later, he was at his friend's house for a um, Christmas Eve party and he was feeling unwell. He lied down on his couch uh, and he died in his sleep. He was 48 years old. Again, no prior condition. And the reason we know about this is because a family friend um, had posted a TikTok on Twitter describing the situation that he'd taken his booster shot, you know, then a few days later died in his sleep. And he claimed that, you know, the autopsy had showed myocarditis. Uh, that he had not known about, the family had not known about. Um, so, and 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 that TikTok video went viral. So I took those two deaths um, and I posted it on my Twitter account and I started raising the alarm. Uh, this was December of 2021. And this was the first time that, you know, anyone really started talking about young doctors dying in Canada. Um, and so I, I started raising the alarm. Uh, my initial posts started going viral. Um, and I had, you know, I had 13,000 followers on Twitter, so I had a fairly wide reach. Um, and, you know, it started ca catching people's attention, but it was only two people. And, you know, then the topic sort of quietly went away. Um, and then unfortunately, in March of 2022, Twitter um, terminated my account because I raised concerns about mRNA vaccine efficacy in children 5 to 11 years old. There was a CNBC article that quoted a, a research study that showed that the efficacy was very low, that after a few months, the efficacy in kids 5 to 11 of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine dropped to 12%, and that by six months, the vaccine efficacy was actually negative, which means that the kids who got the vaccine were getting sick more frequently than the kids who didn't get the vaccine. And uh, Twitter considered this uh, enough to terminate my account completely. So all my posts, Twitter posts disappeared. Once Twitter shuts down your account, all your posts disappear. And so this, this, all my posts about doctors dying had disappeared. Um, and really, the topic didn't resurface until July of this year, when doctors just started dying one after the other. 
And uh, we had three doctors in Ontario from the same hospital who had died within days of each other after the rollout of the second booster shot. And, you know, that's when the topic really exploded. I went back, uh, I dove into my files, I started researching it. And at first I had found 13 doctors who had died suddenly or unexpectedly. I put that out, uh, that went viral. Um, then I did an update in September. Um, just this past September, I had found 32 doctors that had died suddenly or unexpectedly and that drew even more attention. And then just recently I've put out my latest update and the number unfortunately now is uh, 80 doctors who have died suddenly or unexpectedly since the rollout of the COVID vaccines. So where are you sourcing this information on physician deaths? So uh, initially um, I had sourced it from, you know, obituaries and, and uh, media articles um, that, you know, were written about some of the doctors. Uh, now, of course, they will always uh, not talk about the vaccination status of the doctors because it doesn't, you know, fit with the narrative. But um, that was my sort of initial source was sort of publicly available obituaries. However, um, after uh, I released my report of the 32 doctors who had died suddenly in the beginning of September, um, I received a tremendous response uh, to that. And a number of people uh, offered to, to help me and, and really offered their, their time and, and services to do a lot more investigative work. Um, and one gentleman in particular uh, who wishes to remain anonymous, uh, but his name is his Michael, um, he had actually uh, put together a, a huge database of every doctor death that's happened in Canada in the past four years. Um, he created you know, a, a spreadsheet, collected all the information, and basically the, the information has been sourced. Um, most of it has been sourced from the Canadian Medical Association's own website. So the Canadian Medical Association keeps an in-memoriam page um, that is updated, you know, fairly regularly. And um, and they have, you know, doctor deaths that they announce on there. And then, you know, the family can submit information about the doctor, about their life and about their accomplishments and so on. Now, what's interesting is that uh, this gentleman had to use the Wayback Machine to collect a lot of this data and information because the Canadian Medical Association has been deleting this information quietly from their website. And, and what we've realized is that the Canadian Medical Association has deleted doctor deaths going back to 2019 and 2020. And it seems like they really don't want Canadians to be able to go back and compare for themselves to see, okay, you know, we have so many young doctors dying, you know, this year and last year. Why is this happening? Is this unusual? Is this, uh, you know, are these deaths happening more frequently than before? So he actually managed to recover a lot of data that had been deleted uh, deliberately by the Canadian Medical Association. So uh, we have a database of 1,638 doctors who have died in the past four years. This is the largest da database of its kind that, that, that I've, I know of. 970 of those were sourced directly from the Canadian Medical Association, uh, either you know, data that they haven't deleted yet uh, or data that they deleted but was recovered with the Wayback Machine. The remaining 660 were obtained from, from other official medical sources, 
the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, which is located in Ottawa, has their own in memoriam page. We've we've sourced that information. Uh, the provincial medical associations, uh, the colleges, uh, the provincial colleges of physicians and surgeons uh, who maintain information on doctor licenses, sometimes they will write that a doctor is deceased and that's why they're, you know, canceling their medical license. So we obtained that information. Uh, and also we've sourced information from medical schools across Canada and uh, medical school alumni associations. So for example, I graduated from McGill University I'm a member of the McGill University Alumni Association. If I were to die, uh, the, Med the McGill University Alumni Association would say, you know, uh, our former McGill graduate, Dr. Mack, has died. Um, so we've sourced that information as well. So, so all of the uh, doctor deaths were sourced from official medical sources. Now, of course, we then went and cross-referenced uh, everything with available obituaries, publicly available obituaries, and any other... Uh, information that may be available online uh, that's been put into the database as well so i've spent the last two months reviewing this database of 1638 doctor deaths that have happened over the last four years and i've went through each of them one by one um you know i i have a cutoff of age 70 because that's usually the age when doctors retire um and you know i want to make sure that you know these are actively practicing doctors uh, which means that they would have been subjected to COVID vaccine mandates uh, in order to continue uh, working uh, as physicians in Canada. And so when I reviewed the database, you know, in the past two months, that's where the number of 80, you know, young Canadian doctors dying suddenly or unexpectedly comes from. There is an additional 60 doctors who have died um, who had pre-existing medical conditions um, that predate the rollout of the vaccines. So they may have had a cancer diagnosis prior to the rollout of the vaccines, um, or they were diagnosed with ALS, Parkinson's disease, dementia, or other chronic illnesses. And I did not include those in the 80s. So that's a separate uh, group of physicians who have died uh, who had pre-existing known conditions and whose passing wasn't considered sudden or unexpected. Um, and so you have 80 who are sudden and unexpected. You have 60 who had you know, prior medical conditions that they were uh, suffering with. And, and, and so this is where the data comes from. So can you expand on your findings, uh, specifically the age categories and, and the differences between the uh, since the vaccine rollout and prior prior years as comparison, the COVID vaccine rollout um, started in in early December of 2020. So I so I did not uh, you know consider sort of anything you know before that. Um, you know this is strictly since the rollout of of the vaccines, um, and what what we found was that. Um, you see an increase in deaths since the rollout of the vaccine across every age bracket. Uh, you see it in men, you see it in women. Um, however, the younger you get, the more pronounced uh, or the more increased the deaths, uh, the rate of deaths is. Um, so when you look at all doctors under the age of 50 um, who've died suddenly or unexpectedly, um, well, just if you look at all doctors under the age of 50, sorry, to, I have to correct myself. Um, the 
doctors are dying at double the rate that they were dying in 2019 and 2020. So in 2021, the rate was double. And in 2022, the rate will also be double. Um, now, if you think about it, we're comparing to 2019, which was pre-pandemic, but we're also comparing to 2020 when you had, um, you know, the pandemic was raging, you had several waves um, of the COVID pandemic, and we're still at double the rate of deaths compared to the pandemic year as well. Uh, now, that gets much worse the younger you get. Uh, if you look at all doctors under the age of 40, the mortality rate is five times higher this year compared to 2019 or 2020. And when you look at all doctors under the age of 30, they're dying at a rate eight times as high compared to 2019 and 2020. So this is really the shocking, uh, the shocking statistic. We we have the information. Um, you know, this is this is very solid uh, data. And, um, you know, it's, it's when, when I get attacked for, for just raising concerns about this uh, online, and usually I get attacked, um, you know, by, by doctors who are pushing the mRNA vaccines um, very aggressively. Um, at first, they attacked me saying, well, you know, you have nothing to compare to and doctors die all the time. Okay, well, now that argument no longer holds. We, we have very, very solid data going back for the past four years. We have pre-pandemic data. We have data from 2020, which was, you know, uh, the pandemic year. And this is just something that you, you can't ignore or sweep under the rug. And I would just like to raise another point is that um, McMaster University came out last month and admitted publicly that three of their medical students and medical residents had died suddenly or unexpectedly this past summer. Now, this is one medical school in Canada reporting that three of their medical students died just this past summer. Um, I mean, it, it's absolutely unprecedented. I've never heard of this in my career, and 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 I would really, you know, uh, lean on on everybody else in in medicine, whether doctor, nurse, or healthcare worker if they've heard you know anything like this before where you have three students dying from the same medical school in the same summer and and you know if you look at the ages of these medical students dr matthew foss 32 years old anesthesiology resident you have dr candace Naiman, 27 years old pediatrics resident and then you have dr satyan chudri 25 years old family medicine resident in his very first year of residency all of them dying suddenly, unexpectedly, you know, out of the blue. And, you know, I've got other young residents in my database. And, and, and so this for me is, is truly, you know, when I see uh, doctors, other doctors online on Twitter who've made their careers selling Pfizer and mRNA vaccines, uh, mocking this and making fun of this, saying this is fake, this is nonsense, this is made up. I mean, it, it, it honestly, it makes me sick to my stomach that any doctor um, or any healthcare worker would think that this is a joke, that that young doctors dying, you know, in their own profession, that that is something to to laugh about or or to make fun of. You know, we have this group of doctors in Alberta called the Alberta MD War Room, uh, and they're basically you know political activists, um, you know who back the NDP government, the Rachel Notley's, um, you know, NDP party. 
and they are just mocking this and making fun of this. They're making fun of these deaths. Uh, and it's truly, it's just, to me, it, it's absolutely disgusting. How, how do you explain that response? What do you think is going on? Honestly, it's one, um, thing, to, it's one thing to ignore it. Yeah. And to bury your head in the sand, but it's quite another to mock it. It is. And, and you know, I'm sort of... Um, you know, I'm reminded of that quote, you know, first they ignore you, then, you know, they make fun of you, then they're, you know, then they fight you, you know, and then you win. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really, we really seem to be going through this sort of process where, you know, this has been ignored for a very long time. I mean, the first death in this list of 80 young doctors dying is in uh, at the end of December of 2020. This was a 48 year old um, Vancouver obstetrician um, who would have uh, had her first shot, uh, and she died uh, unexpectedly um, at her home. Um, and, and so, you know, this has been going on for almost two years. Uh, now, you know, the fact that I'm raising awareness of it now, you know, doesn't mean that this this hasn't been a problem for the past two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I just happened to be the person who put put it together and is speaking about it because I can, because the college can threaten my license. Um, you know, the health authorities can threaten my job or can't threaten my hospital privileges. So I'm talking about this because I can, because other doctors can't. And so now do for you, these- Do you have then doctors who are quietly approaching you in shock and encouraging you along or suggesting that they see the pattern as well, but they can't say anything. What's been the response of doctors that have reached out to you? Well, so I would separate it uh, in this way. You have doctors internationally who are reaching out to me and thanking me um, you know, for bringing this uh, to the public and, and really bringing it to their attention. I've had thank you letters. Usually they contact me through my LinkedIn. I've had doctors reach out to me just yesterday. I had a doctor from Barcelona, Spain, thanking me for, you know, for talking about this. I've had doctors from Germany, South Africa, India. Um, you know, it's amazing when these doctors reach out to you and, and they've seen this information and they say, thank you. Yes, you know, this, you know, this has to be talked about. This is a problem. You know, and then you have the Canadian doctors, um, like I said, the ones who are active on social media who are just, uh, and, and they're really, they can't attack the information. All they can say is, this is fake. Okay, fine. I mean, that's, you know, you know, mm -hmm. all of this is available information. People can verify that these are real doctors who died. But, you know, they can say that it, it's fake or whatever. But what they end up doing is because they can't debate the information itself, then they'll start doing personal attacks. And so what you'll see on Twitter right now, the Canadian doctors who are responding to this, all they're doing is, is engaging in personal attacks. Um, I actually compiled on my Getter account this morning, uh, a number of posts from Canadian doctors, very active online, who are basically just you know smearing me personally um, and, and trying to you know, destroy my reputation rather than discuss what's actually happening to Canada's doctors and the fact that the Canada's doctors are dying. Now, the response from the Canadian Medical Association and their leadership, who are all doctors, has been complete silence. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it. Um, the current Canadian Medical Association president, Dr. Alika Lafontaine, 
who is uh, actually a doctor from Alberta, and he's the first Indigenous uh, president of the Canadian Medical Association. He has completely ignored this topic, ignored both of my letters that I've sent to him. I've sent him this information. I've sent him this data, the photographs of the doctors who've died and all the information about them, and they've completely ignored it. And, and what's ironic is that um, he continues to push the mRNA vaccines um, and he continues to talk about, you know, um, you know, restructuring healthcare and creating a new modern healthcare system. And he's ignoring, you know, doctors dropping dead left and right. He just went, he just flew down to Orlando, Florida, where he co-hosted an international conference on physician health. Now, you think I'm, I'm joking about this, but I'm not. It's the Canadian Medical Association has just co-hosted the International Conference on Physician Health from October 13 to 15 in Orlando, Florida, where they gave a lot of talks about physician burnout and stress in healthcare and racism in healthcare and inclusion, diversity, and what have you, the, you know, the, the typical uh, leftist buzzwords. Uh, and the one thing that they didn't talk about is Canadian doctors dying suddenly or unexpectedly in record numbers. Um, and really our young doctors, our medical residents who are dropping dead at eight times the rate compared to pre-pandemic uh, era, uh, not a single word uh, from them about this. So they're choosing the option to stay silent. Mm -hmm. However, the other doctors who are pushing mRNA vaccines on Twitter, uh, they've turned really to anger and mockery uh, of these deaths, which I just find, you know, very distasteful and, and disgusting. I mean, if you don't believe it, that's one thing you could say, you know, I, you know, I, I don't believe this or, or, you know, I don't want to comment on this, but to go out of your way to mock these people's deaths, um, I just find that truly reprehensible. And yeah, I mean, you should have been the keynote speaker at that conference. I would have never got on physician health. The irony is that you were not invited to speak and address the group on the most pressing matter of the day for physician health. It's, it's how can you explain this? Exactly. Um, tell me about the College of Physicians. Would they, ha have they had, have you had any interaction with them or had any response from them? I've had no response um, on this matter uh, from the college. And of course, they haven't addressed it as well. They have a presence on, on Twitter uh, and they're pretending like this is not happening. Now, I'll tell you an interesting thing about the college that happened to me last year. Um, the I had, I had co-signed a letter that was uh, sent by several hundred healthcare workers to the Alberta Health Services CEO, Dr. Verna Yu, in opposition to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Now, Dr. Verna Yu, who was the CEO of Alberta Health Services, um, she came out, uh, said, I will implement a COVID vaccine mandate. There was tremendous opposition to it. Uh, and she did it very aggressively, unilaterally, really with no input from the government, no input from anybody. She just came out one day in the media and said, I'm going to do this and everyone has to get vaccinated by October 16, 2021, or you're going to lose your job. Um, there was there was no pushback from the provincial government, from Jason Kenney, uh, Tyler Shandro, who was the health minister at the time. Uh, they went missing in action. Uh, and so we had this really sudden, out of the blue, aggressive push to get every single doctor triple vaccinated 
um, or at least double vaccinated by um, you know October 16, 2021. And so there were a lot of healthcare workers, obviously, who were very concerned about this and who were opposed to this. Um, and what ended up happening was there was um, 26,000 healthcare workers out of the 105,000 that are working in Alberta refused to submit their vaccination status uh, by the deadline, 26,000. So that represents, uh, you know, more than 25% of, of the workforce. Um, and, you know, a number of us had sent a letter in opposition to the vaccine mandates to the HSCO. Now, of course, she didn't respond to the letter, but what, what happened was I received a threatening email from the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta saying, uh, listen, Dr. Mackis, we now have received information that you co-signed this letter. Uh, it's going to be put on your record. Now, at, at the time, I was, re I, I was retired. Um, so to have the college send me a threatening email with my license number, which is expired, and threatening me and saying, we're going to put this on your record. Um, you know, I was shocked. And, and, and what they said additionally in their threatening email was that, um, you know, if uh, you signed this letter by mistake, or if you co-signed this letter, um, or if you didn't sign this letter, then we'll give you a chance to say so. And then we'll put that also on your record. Um, so they were basically giving an, a way out for doctors to backtrack and basically uh, say, no, no, I didn't sign this letter in opposition to vaccine mandates. It was, you know, it was an implicit threat that, A, this is already going to be on your record. But if you want to backtrack and say that you weren't in opposition to vaccine mandates, then they would accept that and put that on your record also. Now imagine this is the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta sending threatening emails and letters to any doctor in Alberta who was in opposition to these vaccine mandates, which were unscientific, grossly unethical, uh, and extremely harmful, as as we found out. And now, you know, we've got young doctors, you know, dropping dead left and right uh, because they were forced uh, into vaccine mandates and into you know multiple vaccinations, uh, mRNA vaccinations. And the college is going around threatening any doctor who would even voice, uh, you know, just just co-sign a letter in opposition to it. Um, so that was my experience with the college, uh, you know, during the pandemic. 